Man, I uh, first I just I just want to thank you as a congregation for uh, I know I know I I kind of come in here I do things differently and uh, you're used to uh, <laughs> but I, I just so appreciate you rolling with it and just going you know maybe the Lord's leading through this guy you know today and let's you know I I just I don't ever want to routines it's it's difficult to be authentic right when I, I i struggle with this in prayer like if i get too routine for some of us some people man routine's great but there's also others of us where we sometimes need to mix it up or even change things in order to especially in this world where we're so constantly stimulated by so much that uh Sometimes we just have to look at things from a different perspective. And I just felt like this morning, that perspective that the saints had in the Old Testament where they knew who they were coming before. And I understand there are some things that are different in the New Testament. We don't real, this isn't really a temple anymore. We are the temple. We talked about that, right? But at the same time, there are certain things about the Old Testament and that reverence that they had for God that carries on into the New. And so it's like, Lord, I want to understand and embrace the newness of what Christ did on the cross. And yet our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as they revered him back then, we're going to revere him when he returns, right? And he's still this holy, amazing God. And so while we come before his throne with confidence, it doesn't mean that we come before his throne casually, right like we go hey i can come with boldness but i also come in reverence and i want us to be that type of church amen and even this morning as i, I studied the word again and it's, it's about guarding our mouth um I, I i thought lord how do i do this because i'm supposed to speak you know and james 1 verse 19 says this Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Every person. Okay? Let every person. Because I came here thinking, okay, I've got to teach these people to be slow to speak. And then I'm reading the scriptures again this morning. Go over in my notes and it goes, let every person be slow to speak. And I was in this room praying, going, God, how can I be slow to speak? I mean, I'm usually trying to cram in as many words in 20 minutes as I can. And then this morning feeling led to just have a spend extended time in worship. And so I can come up here now with a sense of panic going, man, I got to squeeze a 40 minute sermon in 20 minutes. And yet you tell me to be slow to speak. As I'm praying about that this morning, going, God, what does that mean for me? Here's what I sense from it. Sometimes I quickly read God's word to you, and then I spend half an hour giving you my commentary on it. And I think there's a time when we just revere his word rather than coming to church to hear someone's explanation of it. You know, we should just be able to look at his word, 
No, that came from God. I mean, if we really prepared ourselves and took each step, thinking about who we're about to hear from, that we draw near, not to, not to talk and offer the sacrifice of fools, but we draw near to listen. And every step going, I'm going to come in the presence of God. This is intense. I'm preparing my heart to worship Him. And I'm going to hear from His Word. Then when we hear His Word, man, it's going to do something in our hearts. See, the Lord spoke to me this week uh, as in New York City doing a series of messages with Luis Palau and different crowds coming in and we're just going, going, going. And the Lord was just showing me, Francis, what's going to last? You can move people in a room. You can get them fired up. But once they walk out the doors, it doesn't last unless it's of the Holy Spirit of God. And if it's of the Holy, yeah. If it's of the Holy Spirit of God, they'll wake up tomorrow thinking about the passage. They'll wake up a month from now thinking about the passage. Yeah, I can get a room emotional. I can get a room screaming, crying. I can get people to make decisions, but I can't get people to live it out and to feel that same way a week from now. That's something the Holy Spirit does through the power of His Word. And so I've been praying for you this week and saying, God, may your Word speak and may it last. Because some of you, you know, you heard things spoken to you years ago and it still hasn't let you go. You didn't need to re-listen to the sermon. You didn't need to be told externally over and over. You heard the Word of God and it changed you. And so this morning, I want to present the Word of God to you. But I'm just going to put it on the screen and I'm going to let you stand in reverence to the Word of God. I'm going to let you pretend you're hearing it like a voice out of heaven. And you start reading. And I'm just going to be on my knees praying for you as you read these words. I don't need to explain it to you. James is pretty simple to understand. But uh, I'm going to ask you right now, would you just stand in reverence to God's Word? Now I'm just going to put two verses on the screen. It's James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And I'm just going to let you interact with God. You talk to Him as you hear what He has to say. You go through every word with reverence and just worship Him.
If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. You may be seated. It's pretty simple, right? I just remember when I was younger, I wanted to be a great speaker. You know, and then you get into God's Word and it's, it says, you want to be a great talker? Really? He says, first you've got to learn to control this thing in here. And if you can't do that, then all your religion, all the external coming here, it's all worthless. You're deceiving yourself. Worthless? See, see, when we talk about controlling the tongue, it's not just this little issue. I mean, when you read what Scripture says, it says if you can't control this thing, your, your religion, it's just all worthless. But I love how right after he says, you want to know what true religion is? True religion that he, the one we came to worship, what he's pleased with, what he sees is ex- as acceptable is when you care for the widows and orphans in their distress. You think Yahweh God is impressed by how someone walks on a stage and talks? Or how they come in a room and talk? No, he says, you want to you please me? You want religion that's acceptable to me? I want to see how you walk all week long. Were you amongst the widows and orphans this week? Were you figuring out how to rearrange your finances so you can care for widows and orphans in a greater way? Because God says, if, if you're really here for me, that's the religion I want. Care for the widows, the orphans in their distress. The other things are worthless. Let me just read one other passage of Scripture. Matthew 12, verses 34 through 37. Do you mind standing in reverence to God's word again? Remember, these are the words of Jesus. So again, I want us to understand what you're about to hear is more important than my explanation afterwards. This is like Jesus walked on the stage and said this. Matthew 12, starting in verse 34. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil I tell you 
On the day of judgment, people give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Let me read it again. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasures bring forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You can be seated. Really, really simple principle there. In fact, he says, on the last day, you'll be judged by what came out of your mouth. Okay, that's a scary thought, isn't it? But, but why? I, I mean, I thought, I thought God's going to be looking at our heart. And yet he says, no, because you have to understand what came out of your mouth was a reflection of your heart. And so God's going to show you the words that came out of your mouth because it really came from your heart. See, the the message is not about controlling your tongue. It's about changing your heart. See, this is where we fail in church so often. We come in here and we watch our mouths. We watch our words to make sure we say the right thing. See, but God's not saying, man, just guard your lips and the words that you say. He says, fix this. There is a reason why you want to say something that, rather than what's coming out of your mouth. He's not talking about just biting your tongue. He's saying, man, why do you even want to say those things? It's because something's wrong in here. The reason why you want to gossip is because this isn't filled with love. You can't love and gossip at the same time. And so you say, God, give me a heart of love for that person. It's not there. You know, I'm just biting my tongue, trying not to gossip, but that's not the core of it. That's just, that's just the symptom of something deeper in here. Why do I want to talk behind this person's back? I don't love them. There's got to be an arrogance in here where I sincerely think I'm better than him. And I sincerely think I'm better than her. In fact, why do I even rush in to speaking all that? Why do I talk so much? Because something in here is so arrogant that I always think I need to share my opinion. God, fix this because that's why these things are coming out of his mouth. It's not because I, I, I don't have duct tape. I, I can do all of that. But it doesn't change this, God. I want out of the overflow of my heart for my mouth to speak. Okay, so this is not about, okay, as a church, how can we sound loving? Okay, you you know, let's, let's only say these words, let's only do this, let's only do that. No, at the end of the day, we have to get on our faces and say, God, please change this. Because I want it to be from the inside out. I want to walk in this room and think, how can I breathe life and speak words of encouragement? It's not coming in here, you know, with a sign that says, hey, remember, encourage everyone and say, okay, okay. 
Uh, hi, oh, nice blouse. You, you know, and you just do it. Okay? We want to get to the core. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do, right? Changes from the inside out to where it's like, you know what? I seriously love this person. God caused my heart to become so humble that I don't think I'm better than everyone else. And I'm just here to encourage. I'm just here to build them up. I'm just here to lift them up. I'm just here to love. I, I, I want to um, I want to do something that I again I don't I don't do often. In fact, I think this is the only time I've ever done it. I I, I don't really do like those acrostics, you know, where you know every week, hey, church, you know, C stands for Christian, H stands for holy. U stands for unworldly, you know, whatever, you know, it, it's just, but there was an acrostic that helped me so much. Okay, this is the only one I remember. I've heard so many of those sermons, three-point sermons, spells out, you know, a different word, but this one I heard about 15, 20 years ago, and I still remember it, and it's so good for me when it comes to speaking, you know, and how we speak to one another. Remember, this series is about life in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, we don't talk like everyone else talks. We're not supposed to anyways. People should walk in here and go, gosh, that's different. They really think through what they're going to say to God. They really think through what they say to one another. It seems like out of their mouth just come these words of life. You know, and I go to this place and they don't talk about each other behind there. They say encouraging things about each other. They just try to find the best thing because it seems like they genuinely love. But there was this acrostic that I, I heard years ago and it stuck with me. It's been so good and I've taught. That's the only one I've ever taught. And I didn't make it up. I don't know who made it up. So whoever I'm plagiarizing, at least I'm saying I'm plagiarizing it. Um, I don't know who started it. Um, but the acrostic was think before you speak. And the T in think is the word true. So before you say anything, think before you speak a word and go, is this absolutely true? The T stands for true. Like Jesus says, let your yes be yes or your no be no. Anything beyond this is evil. God doesn't need me to exaggerate anything. He doesn't need me to embellish a story. Just before I speak, I have to think, is this true and I'll confess different times I'll come on to a stage and I'll just get into the mode of things and I'll just say hey it's great to be here and I'll just say wait was that true did I really think that or because sometimes in my head I'm thinking I don't want to be here but I'm being obedient you know but to, to guard your lips and go, wait, you're about to come in the presence of God. That's what that passage is about. Don't make a, that's why he says, don't just make a vow. Don't come in this room and go, God, I promise I'll never do that again. How many times have we come into church and made statements like that? Where during worship, during prayer, you feel so awful about your sin, you make a vow and you're like, God, I will never do that again. And then what do you do? That's why he says, don't just come in and make these vows. Think through what you say. Is this absolutely true? Man, I get on this with my children all the time. Like, hey, honey, was that really true? Think through. I'm going to let you say that statement again. And think through, was that true? Did I really tell you 500 times? You know, or are you exaggerating? 
you know? What is true? Because nothing should come out of this mouth other than what is total truth. That's why Jesus says other people can make vows and say, oh, I swear by my dead mothers. That He goes, you as a believer, let your yes be yes, 100% yes, no deception, and let your no be no. Anything beyond this, he says, is evil. Is it true? But this, the H in uh, the acrostic is the word helpful. Because uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let anything come out of your mouth except that which is helpful, that which is beneficial, that which builds others up. See, sometimes we get stuck on true and think that's it. So I can say, Keith, I don't like those shoes. And it's true. I don't like them. But the Bible doesn't just leave it there and say just, you can say anything as long as it's true. He says, no, don't let anything come out of your mouth unless it's helpful, unless it builds up those who listen, which, I, you know, I mean, they're, they're cool. Um, it's just that idea of sometimes we go, hey, hey, I said it, you know, I, I told that girl to her face, you know, of what I thought, and it's like, well, that's not the only uh, limitation is truth. The Bible says you don't let anything come out of your mouth except that which is helpful. Does it actually build that person up? So think before you speak. Don't just say whatever's true, but you're not supposed to let anything come out of your mouth unless that which is helpful. And that's so good. The I stands for inspirational. Does it inspire people? It's, it's uh, the idea of 1 Corinthians 10, 31, where it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You do it for the glory of God. Does it inspire? Does it bring them closer to God? See, I can say things that are true, things that may be helpful, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bring the person to God. And so I should be thinking through all of my actions. Does this cause them to get closer to God? Does it inspire them? Because we're not here to lift ourselves up. I mean, seriously, think through your Facebook page. Does it inspire? Think through your tweets. Does it inspire? Are you saying things that draw attention to yourself or to Him? Because whether we eat, drink, or whatever we do, we're supposed to do it for the glory of God. And so you think through what you say and go, okay, is this for me? Am I trying to get people to like me? Or am I trying to do this for His glory? Because I want people to know Him. Forget about me. Man, I'm just a messenger. I'm just the donkey carrying Him on my back. You know? And, and, and so, so does it inspire? Does it, does it bring glory to Him? Does it bring people closer to Him? True, helpful, inspirational and I love the next one the N is is it necessary Proverbs ten nineteen says when words are many sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise all through the scriptures it talks about talking too much you know some people go, well I just talk a lot well you sin a lot then <laughs> that's what the Bible says the Bible, this is, this is not my word. You're like, oh, that was so rude. No, this is scripture. If you talk a lot, you sin a lot. 
With many words, sin is not absent. The more you talk, the more you sin. And the Bible tells us to watch our words. So ask yourself, is this necessary, what I'm about to say? I mean, why do you talk? Just to hear yourself? Just because you have a feeling? Just because you want to express? I get it. I've been there too. But I'm telling the scripture saying we really need to guard our lips too and really think through, why am I making so much noise? Is this necessary? This is true. Isn't this good? It's like, gosh, scripture is telling us, okay, this is true. This is helpful, building them up. This is inspired, bring them close to God. And this is even necessary. Why am I about to say what I'm about to say? And then finally, the K. The K is just simple. It's the word kind. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation always be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, it doesn't mean that... that Sometimes you don't have to say harsh words because the Bible says an open rebuke is better than a hidden love. But that's still being that open rebuke is better than the hidden love. And this idea of let your speech always be gracious, and yet it's this word of seasoned with salt that it's okay to have this bite to it. Because, man, I need people to say some difficult things. That doesn't mean it's unkind or it's not graceful. It's because you love me, you say certain things, but is, is this kind what I'm about to say? So just a quick thought for you guys is, you know, is just as we speak to one another, and like I said, we don't have a whole lot of time for a sermon today, um, but that's okay, because the Word of God spoke, and I wanted to do things in a way that honors Him. But having said all of that, and having said we have to watch our words, the Bible's also clear that we do need to speak out, right? That, and, and that's what I'm praying for, is that there would even be people in this room who are willing to speak out. Part of the way you speak out is when you hear gossip. Are you strong enough to actually kindly, truthfully, you know, in a helpful way, inspire them and say the necessary kind words of, hey, brother, hey, sister, man, Let's be careful with our words. Um, let's be careful we're not becoming arrogant and we're not so sure that we're better than that person. We know better. Let's, is this really helping that person? I mean, I have seen careless words destroy churches faster than you would believe. This is such an important topic because if we don't watch our tongues, man, this place will go down. This is how Satan gets to so many churches. There, they just, they talk about other people. They talk about the leadership behind their back. We just careless talk, and it starts spreading and spreading and spreading. And it's one of those sins where the Bible says in Titus, hey, warn the person, the divisive person once, warn them again, then have nothing to do with them. God says, we can't have that in the church. We can't have people dividing. Warn them, warn them again, and then have nothing to do with them. We can't allow this speaking against one another. We're supposed to show grace, kindness, build each other up, say the difficult things, but say them in love and kindness and honesty. 
So with that, let me just say this, and um, we'll get back into some worship. My lips are supposed to be used to talk about how great he is. That's why he made this mouth, was not so that I could brag about Francis or any other human being, but to boast about the one who made these lips, who made this tongue. And let me just tell you, right now as you've been sitting in this room, there's a holy God in heaven that we're all going to face one day. We're all going to face one day. And that God gave us commands, commands like the ones you read today. And even as I'm, I'm sure I read those verses, some of you are struck, like I was struck when I read it, going, I disobeyed that one. I disobeyed that one. God, I, I just forgot. And I just started talking again. God, I haven't been practicing true religion. We break his commands, and that's not a small issue. It's like, well, that's a big deal. We've all made vows that we didn't keep. And he says, don't you dare come into my presence and make a vow and then, and then break it. It's like, oh, God, I did that. Some of you even made the vow publicly in front of everyone and God and say, God, I promise for better or for worse. You said that and you broke it. That's not a small issue. That's a big deal. But what the Bible says is that you can still find forgiveness in that. And that was the whole point of the cross. That's why we have the bread and the cup at center stage. It's to remind us, okay, yes, I blew it, and I am so sorry, Lord. I spoke too soon. I made a vow. I said this about my brother or my sister. And, and, and it's, there's forgiveness here. The Bible says that if you would confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, this is where I need to open my mouth and give you words of life and let you know that you can walk out the doors today completely forgiven. The Bible says that was why Jesus came and died on that cross. It's on that cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus only said a few words from the cross, but man, were they powerful words. Words like, it is finished. It's done. I took care of it on the cross. That's why you came in here to celebrate. But some of you, maybe you never made that decision to truly believe in the cross for your salvation. You know, when those early believers saw their own, those early listeners, I should say, in Acts chapter 2, heard the gospel and they recognized their own sin, they just said, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I, I, I see it, okay? I offended this God. I've done so many horrible things. before. What do I do? And Peter says, repent. Turn. You can turn right now. You don't have to keep going down this road. You can actually turn now. You, you see what you've done. You see the way that you've been living. And now repent. That means turn. That means change. 
Repent, he says, and be baptized. Be baptized, you know, meaning you go in that water. Just, it's just like Noah going into the ark and going, this is the one place of safety, the one place that will keep me from the wrath of God is I'm being baptized into Jesus Christ. It's like you're climbing into Christ himself so that you're no longer found with all of your dirt, but Jesus, his blood covers you and you're found in him. And it was a public declaration where they would go in front of people and go, look, I'm going to go in that water. I'm done with the old me. I want to rise again as a child of God be baptized and he says and you'll receive the Holy Spirit and that's what I was talking about where it'll change you from the inside out where when I read the words of God and when you see them on a screen suddenly they have life to you and you go wow that's the word of God I'm going to take that seriously and so as as Todd comes up in the band to, to lead us in worship again I'm just going to ask if any of you this morning just recognize, it's kind of like Isaiah when he came before God, he said, oh, my my lips are dirty. I've said some awful things, God. And God cleansed his lips and forgave him his sins. That maybe some of you here, maybe this is the first time you've recognized your sin before God and you want to be made clean. And you say, you know what? I'm ready today. I'm ready to turn. In fact, I'll get baptized right now. I didn't even plan on it today, but that's all right. I'll get in the water. I'll go home wet. This is bigger than my hair. Who cares about hair anyways, right? You know, it's, it's this whole idea of this is bigger. I get it. I want to be completely forgiven by God. And so if that's you and you just say, you know what? I came in here afraid to come in the presence of God, but now I understand that's why Jesus died on the cross. It's for everything I ever did. It's because of my sins. God had him take my place. And I want to tell God in front of all of these people today that I'm ready to be covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm ready to climb into Christ and be hidden in him. Just like Noah climbed in the ark, like that was the salvation from God's wrath. And you want to get baptized today. And if that's you, then just... Come on forward right now. Just stand up where you are. Come forward and we'll baptize you in in a couple minutes. sister who's going to get baptized and and during this time of worship if anyone else just feels led like this is my time then go ahead and head forward but let's come into the presence of God